Welcome to Accented the Podcast, where the audience gets to hear a real conversation from real people who use real English. It might sound ordinary, but the stories the guest shares are extraordinary. Each episode features an interview with someone who has a distinct English accent, which will help with your English comprehension in the real world. On today's episode, you'll be hearing from Claudia, who is an online English teacher from São Paulo, Brazil. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Accented. I'm quite excited to record this episode because it's been exactly one year since I launched Accented and I'm just so surprised at how many people there are out there listening to this series. Um, I'm blown away. I'm, yeah, I guess the listeners are the people that keep me going. When I keep seeing the numbers and seeing how many people are downloading the episodes. And thank you to everyone out there that sent me messages. I've loved reading them all. And it's really touching to hear how much this podcast has helped you. I'm also excited to have my first Brazilian accent on the series because I've had a lot of listeners from Brazil and I've received a lot of messages from Brazilians who have wanted to come onto the show and I think I'm going to have to have a few more Brazilian accents. So please send me a message. Tell me what you think of Claudia. Maybe you know um, which part of Brazil. I said she's from São Paulo. Maybe she has a very strong São Paulo Brazilian accent. Maybe in different parts of the country, the accent would be slightly different. I'm going to get started and discuss some of the vocabulary and phrases used during the interview. And one thing that I said to Claudia was I mentioned a huge celebration in Brazil called Carnival. And this is a time where Brazilians get out on the streets and they party and they celebrate. However, the tradition is actually connected to uh, Christianity. So it's quite uh, a Catholic tradition as the majority of people in Brazil uh, come from a Catholic background. And basically, Carnival is a celebration before a time called Lent. And Lent is a period of 40 days where people don't drink alcohol and they don't eat meat. The people in Brazil have, a, I think it's around a week celebration before Lent starts. Carnival would actually be happening right now, but unfortunately due to COVID-19, the large party that usually happens is not going ahead. Claudia mentions her daily routine. Now, a routine is something that you do every day. So from Monday to Friday, I basically have a routine of waking up at 6am. Sometimes I go and do some sport. It depends. Towards the end of the week, come Thursday, Friday, I usually like to stay in bed 
possibly a bit longer. However, I have a routine that I have to leave the house by 7am to make sure that I get to work. Shortly after speaking about routines, Claudia mentions bad habits. Now, a habit is something that you do and it can be a good habit and it can be a bad habit. So a good habit for me is when I get up early and I go and do some exercise before I go to work. A bad habit would be coming home, sitting on the couch and eating from an ice cream container. Yet that wouldn't be a good habit if I were to eat junk food every night when I came home. I said to Claudia, is that a Mediterranean influence? The Mediterranean is at the bottom of Europe and at the top of Africa. So the Mediterranean Sea touches quite a few countries in Europe, in the Middle East and in Northern Africa. And I said to her, is that a Mediterranean influence? Because I noticed when I lived in Italy that people go out a lot later in the evenings and they eat a lot later at night. Uh, That also happens in Spain where people go out uh, for dinner. It's normal to have dinner around 9 or 10 o'clock and stay out late into the evening. And I ask if it's a Mediterranean influence because Brazil was – colonized by the Portuguese and the Portuguese also, well, technically I don't know if it's on the Mediterranean Sea because it's right on the edge and which goes out towards the Atlantic Ocean. However, they are right, they are on the border of Spain and Spain is considered a Mediterranean, a country that is on the Mediterranean Sea. It's time for you to hear the interview. Today I am speaking with Claudia. She is from São Paulo, Brazil, and she is an English teacher. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. And thank you for coming on the show at midnight. This is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you chose the time to come on at midnight. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's okay. It's it's not a big deal for me to to go to bed late. <laughs> I don't mind. Is this the type of lifestyle? I know it's summer holidays because Australia and Brazil have summer holidays at the same time. Does this mean um, this is what Brazilians do? They stay up late at night. Mm, I, I I don't. I can tell you for sure. Most of Brazilians, but for me, it's kind of like part of my routine even if I have to wake up really early I don't go to bed before midnight like it's I know it's a bad habit (laughs) but I I I just can't to go I I can't go to bed earlier than that (laughs) even if I have to wake up like 6 a.m on the next day for me it's it's always like that I guess our well the rest of the world's idea of brazil is party carnival (laughs) all that sort of thing so i'm just thinking and maybe you have a bit of mediterranean influence because they don't like to go to bed early either yeah yeah brazilians party a lot so (laughs) Uh, even if you have to wake up early like people go out during the weekdays and 
go to work on the next day. So it's kind of like <laughs> cultural. So tell us a little bit about how you started learning English or why you decided to learn English. Mm, I started learning English when I was a teenager. Um, and I really wanted to, to live abroad. I really wanted to travel abroad. And that's why I, I started to become really interested in the language. And I, I think I was about 12 when I started going to an English school. And, and when I was, if I'm not wrong, 14 or 15, I think, when I was 15, I think, I, I went to California for two months to study English, like during my vacation at school. And then I realized I was able to really speak English after studying for a few years in an English school. And then I had like a real life experience. I, I stayed with the host family in California and it, it was great. And then I, I really fell in love with this because uh, I, I was surprised the fact that I could understand most of the things people were telling me and I was able to communicate. So it was a, a, a great experience. That, and that was my, my first time abroad by myself. Well, and that's great that your parents sent you to a school, an English-speaking school, at 12 years of age. Why did they decide to do that? Uh, I, I asked for that, actually. <laughs> and uh, it, it was not a, a regular school, like, uh, because here in Brazil we don't have much this kind of... Uh, nowadays we do have like bilingual schools, but at the time like I was going to regular school and two times a week in the afternoon, then I was taking English classes in an English school. So, but it was basically because I wanted, like, they, they didn't force me to do, I, I wanted to do that. Because I, I remember my, my brother didn't want to study and they never forced him to go. Like, he's older than me and he still doesn't speak English. <laughs> and he really needs to speak English at work and he, he still doesn't because he missed that opportunity there when, <laughs> when he was a teenager. So it was, it was basically because I was interested in learning. That's interesting you say that he needs to know English. Do a lot of Brazilians speak English? Is it a necessity? Uh, it is. It is nowadays. I, I see that from most of my students. Uh, most of adults that I teach, they, they come with this uh, like sometimes they are desperate because they are like, I just got promoted and I really need to speak English. I, I, re to, I need to reply to those emails and participate those those meetings. <laughs> and I don't understand what they say. And they get like desperate because they didn't have the, the chance to learn previously. So it, it is really necessary nowadays. I, it's Definitely, definitely. But mm, most of Brazilians don't speak uh, English. So uh, in the previous research that I have seen, it says that 
5% of Brazilians uh, can communicate in English. And only 1% is considered fluent. That's so, really interesting. What is the population in Brazil? Uh, uh, it's about 210 million. 210, 212 million people, yeah. So imagine if only 1% is fluent. So how long have you been teaching? How did you get into this? Um, I actually, I started teaching English uh, when I was young. I was about, after this experience in California, and then when I was about 18 or 19, the first year of university, I started English. I started teaching English in a local school, but for very basic students, course, beginners. Uh, and there was a lot of training according to that methodology of the school. And I really, by that time, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that for the rest of my life. And then after a while, I realized that <laughs> that's what I like to do. Because then I went to university. I graduated in tourism. And I thought I would be working with in the hospitality area. And like after traveling, working in a ski resort, I also had an experience as uh, an exchange student, I also worked at Disney for six months. And I really thought I would be in this industry of <laughs> hospitality and tourism. And then I realized that I, I really love teaching English. And are most of your students Brazilian? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are all Brazilian. What are their plans? Do they want to move abroad? Most of them need to to learn English for for work. So either to to get a better job or to be promoted, or some some of them because they want to study abroad. And I also teach kids and teenagers, so their parents want them to learn in order to have better opportunities. And as I as I told you before, like. A lot of people in Brazil don't speak English and, or even have access to English classes. So uh, for those who, who have the opportunity and are able to speak English, it's a really an, uh, an extra on your resume. It's something that really makes a difference when you need to get a job or you're looking for work opportunities. And... You mentioned to me before the interview that you've, you're working solely online basically because of the pandemic. How do you feel about working online now? Are you enjoying that or were you trying to move all to online at one point? Yeah, I actually enjoy it and because I used to have students around the city and Sao Paulo is a crazy city with crazy traffic and I was like, driving around the city like crazy, <laughs> rushing the whole day. And uh, it, was, it was pretty hard for me. And I could save a lot of time. And, <laughs> and it's definitely not so much stressful <laughs> to be around the city and to be working from home with online classes much, much better. And I also got to develop 
uh, new skills and work with different tools and uh, it, it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to learn new things and I, for most of the students it's much more practical I, I think only for kids that is is more is more like uh, ludic or playful to to have presential classes than online I think for kids is definitely different they need we need interaction and uh, the classes that I used to have with with kids it was always like playing games or doing like cooking classes and learning the recipe in English and cooking like it was very hands-on you know so suddenly just being in front of the computer <laughs> and it's kind of boring for them although like we play online games but mm, I think nowadays kids spend uh, a lot of time in front of computers or cell phones. So uh, I I didn't used to to bring so much technology to my classes with kids and really like play, drawing and writing, cooking, you know, doing some arts and doing different things. So I think for, for kids it's better to to have a different kind of uh, methodology. Yeah, I agree with that. I, it just brought up, I remember when I was working as a teacher in Italy, I would go to this little girl's house after school and cook with her and do recipes. And her family loved it because I'd be cooking Australian types of food. So they were like, wow, this is different. <laughs> <or>, you know. <laughs> It's so different to what Italians would eat. And for me, it was quite like some of it was quite boring, but it's like, hey, you know, because it's something different. They get to learn about, oh, this is a lamington, which is like a sponge cake that we eat in Australia covered in chocolate and coconut. Mm, <laughs> it's like, oh, delicious. yum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and kids love that. They they love this, like a big mass when they start to cook and they, they interact as they, they love that. It was really Yeah, fun. it is good. <laughs> oh, great. Well, thank you, Claudia, so much for coming on Accented and telling us about Brazil and your job. Um, it sounds really cool and it's uh, nice to hear that you found something that you love doing. Yes, I do. I do love it. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks uh, for inviting me. I really, really enjoy your podcast and I recommend that to all my students it's a great oh. way for them to practice listening and getting used to different kinds of uh, accents. Oh, thank you so much. Have a lovely night. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm extremely fortunate during this pandemic to be able to speak to people all over the world. And I'm an avid traveler. So to be able to chat to people and hear about their stories and what's going on in their country is just amazing. And I feel so fortunate that I'm able to still travel and not really travel. I'll just clarify some traveling vocab that was used in the interview. And Claudia says that she lived abroad. Now, if you live abroad, that means that you have left your country and you're now living in another 
country. And she said that she lived with a host family. Now, when you're a student, uh, you generally would live with a family and it's called your host family. So it's not your real family. It's another family that will host you. And sometimes your host family, you actually pay them a little bit of money so that you can stay with them. And they will hopefully show you some cultural things about their country. And you will have a bed, a room, access to a bathroom, and they also provide you with food. Before I end the show today, I want to let you know that I finally have transcripts for each episode. I know it's taken me a year to organize and you will find these transcripts each time I upload an episode. So if you're interested in having a look at a transcript while you listen to the accented episode, please go to the show notes and check it out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.